0: I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Equity, mates, Here we are for episode 16, a podcast where we break down the world of investing to try and make it easier for you guys to understand. And as always, I'm excited to be here with my equity buddy, Ren. How are you, mate? I'm good, Bryce. How are you? Yeah, can't complain. Yeah. Midweek, hump day. It's almost guess... the weekend. So let's get stuck into it. This episode, we're going to be talking about a couple of things that we've learned this week, and then we're going to crack into discussion on the earnings season, which is perhaps one of the more nervous times of year for investors and fund managers and because it's that time of year where companies are releasing their end of year results to let us all know how they've been going.
1: I guess the first question straight off the bat, end of year, isn't it only August?
0: Yeah, say what? How does that work? Well, I guess we'll get into that when we talk about the earnings season.
1: Oh, now that's a nice tease, (laughs) (laughs) that's why you're paid the big bucks.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so there's a few things we'll, what we want to discuss, we want to talk about a few notable results that have come out, what earnings season can mean for you. and I does it even matter and you know what's coming up because as I said we're only halfway through so that's what we're going to cover it's a very exciting time of year for investors and and those interested in the market let's get stuck into it what we've learnt this week I reckon you should kick us off this way. okay well my probably the thing that I remember most uh, it's not really to do with stocks at all but I watched a great Netflix documentary called Icarus (laughs) 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 and um, it outlines the doping side that went on in the Russian Olympic community um, amongst their athletes during the 2016 uh, Rio Olympic Games. Now, I'm not sure if you remember, but they were banned from competing. All Russian teams were banned from competing only a matter of, I think it was about seven or nine days before the Olympics started. And I'm sure due to huge political pressure, they were allowed to compete in the end. But this documentary essentially outlines this huge scandal that was essentially given permission by Putin he was the one who started this whole thing that every single team and not necessarily every, every single athlete but every single team had athletes that were doping and you know these informants who were sneaking into wider buildings drilling holes through walls and slipping out urine samples and it was this whole organized uh, sort of doping saga that went on so I'll keep it at that yeah. but very interesting
1: I'm sure there's uh, a I'm sure there's a way we could somehow link that to investing but you know let's yeah, just um,
0: don't, yeah don't trust the russians I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah don't invest in russia is
1: probably probably a very good one especially at the moment yeah,
0: i promise next week i'll have something a bit more investing related yeah. but look i just found it incredibly interesting and if you have the time definitely give it a watch because it just blew my mind that it, this came from the absolute top and you know they were um they were killing people who were blowing the lid on this and the, and and this documentary accidentally stumbled upon the head of the um, program this guy who was making all of the doping drugs and tests to cheat the system and he's now in protective custody in the United States because the Russians want him dead. So, really? Wow. Yeah. You so blew the lid on this documentary. God. Yeah.
1: There you go. Equity mates, your place for investing advice and <laughs> Netflix <laughs> advice. <Yeah. laughs> what more could you want?
0: Yeah, keeping it real. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> what did you learn then?
1: My my uh learning uh is a little bit more finance related. So financial literacy is I guess the theme. You know that that's why we do this podcast. We think it's really important that people understand their finances understand what's going on in the market anyway i came across this study by a wharton business school professor and she put together three questions that is meant to be a test of financial literacy and would you believe it only a third of americans could get it right and only 44 percent of college educated americans could get it right so oh, okay. <laughs> a little bit worrying and you're uh, do when... this live on air to me right yeah now, yeah yes yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> pulling back the curtain haven't told Bryce anything about this yet I figured we'd see how financially literate Bryce is and also all our listeners can play along at home
0: do I need a pen and paper
1: no you don't need anything (laughs) now remember only a third of Americans got this right and only 44% of college educated Americans got this right so okay well keep in mind I've
0: been crunching numbers all day yeah no no shame if you get (laughs) this
1: wrong you'd be in the majority if you didn't pass but all right so financial literacy question one suppose you had a hundred dollars in a savings account and the interest Rate was two percent per year. After five years, how much do you think you would have in the account if you left the money to grow? A. More than a hundred and two dollars. B. Exactly a hundred and two dollars. Or C. Less than a hundred and two
0: dollars. A. More than a hundred and two dollars. Yeah,
1: that is correct <laughs> because the if it's two percent a year and you have a hundred dollars in there, the, the first year you'll have a hundred and two dollars, and then from years two to five, obviously it will go above a hundred and two dollars. Yeah. So there you go, mate. Okay. One for one. You see what are you one
0: worried about? <laughs> so I'm. Um on par with most of them. No, no, no. There's two questions to go. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So
1: number two, imagine that the interest rate on your savings account was 1% per year and inflation was 2% per year. After one year, how much would you be able to buy with the money in this account? A, more than today. B, exactly the same. C, less than today.
0: I'm going to have to lock in C, Eddie. Less than today.
1: Nice one, mate. Two out of two. (laughs) And so for any listeners unsure, the reason that that's the case is if inflation is rising at 2% a year, but your money is only growing at 1% a year, then the amount that you can buy with your money is less.
0: Yeah, because yeah. inflation is the rise in prices of everyday goods. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right, nice one. Hopefully everyone playing along at home is also on two out of two. <laughs> ding, ding, uh, ding. Now number, three, number three, are you in those vaunted few who are financially <laughs> literate? Number is three, yeah. please tell me whether this statement is true or false. Buying a single company stock usually provides a safer return than a stock mutual fund. For those unsure of the terminology, a stock mutual fund is a fund that holds a variety of different stocks. The okay, from I'll
0: a basic it. perspective, I am going to say the answer to that question is false.
1: So the the mutual fund is safer? Correct. Yeah, nice one. Nice one. There you go. Three <laughs> out of three, mate. So yeah. you're, you're in that third of Americans that could answer all three questions. And so according to this test... Are financially
0: literate. Thank goodness for so,
1: that. <laughs> so the reason the reason I wanted to bring that to the table today is, you know, it might be surprising to some listeners that you know they got a couple right, they got all three right. Just how I guess how advanced they are compared to you know we are talking about Americans, but I, I'm sure if you did it in Australia, you might get similar results as well. I'm um, sure financial literacy is it's not exactly high up on people's priority, but you know to my mind it it is the most important thing to secure your you know your future and to live comfortably mm-hmm. and ret- Tire well, so mm. you know. Get the nail down That's, the basic. Understand interest and inflation, and yeah. go from there. Hopefully, hopefully everyone listening got three out of three, or at least learnt something, so they'll they'll get three out of three next time.
0: No, that was good, Ren. I enjoyed that.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you got yeah. all three right. That, that could have gone yeah. could have been, could've been the end of the very podcast. sour.
0: Yeah, <laughs> lost for all credibility. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I'm gonna definitely have to step up my game for next week's. What have I learnt after after that one? So no,
1: no, no. Uh, I like I like yeah. the Netflix recommendation. I haven't seen it yet, so. So I'll have to get on it get on it yeah
0: all right so reporting season or earnings season or the silly season or earnings you know, per loser, <laughs> earnings loser. <palooza. laughs> the time is upon us where all publicly listed companies are now obliged to report their earnings and result uh, for the last 12 months and as I said at the start of the show Ren that this is a time that can make some investors very nervous about the investments that they've made um, because if you're holding a stock and it comes out with a performance that you were not expecting, it can either have adverse or positive effects on on the share price. So, Ren, do you want to give a bit of an explanation briefly as to what is earnings season? Yeah,
1: definitely. So, to start at the very beginning, The financial year runs from the first of July to the thirty first of June every year. And all earnings season is is, you know, companies the financial year ends on the thirty first of June. They figure out how much money they made for the year, in some cases how much money they lost for the year. You know, they look at all their important metrics, how many items they sold, how many customers they acquired, all that stuff, and then they have to report that to the market. Mm. So do they have to? Yeah, if so if you're a publicly traded company, if you're on the stock market, then you have to. That's that's part of the conditions for being a publicly traded company. Yeah. Um and look, there, there's heaps of reasons for that. You're publicly traded, you have an obligation to let all investors know all the information. Otherwise you're gonna have a situation where you know savvy investors or people with connections will have a heap more information than anyone else. Yeah, um, well, the
0: investors are essentially the owners of the company so they have as much right as anyone to know yeah, how the company's definitely.
1: Going. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what how how it works is because the financial year and Ends 31st of June then yep. the bulk of companies report in August some do it in late July um, but what we have is basically a month of every day except for Saturdays and Sundays we'll get different companies listed on the stock market telling us how they've gone the market will react to that and you know it's it's an important time of the year to to see how your investment is going whether what you think about the company is playing out or whether you were completely wrong
0: my second question is is there a a cutoff for reporting season, do you know, or can the um, companies just mm. report yeah, whenever yeah. they want between now and the end of the year?
1: That's that's a good question. The, the There will be a cutoff. Unfortunately, I don't actually know when the cutoff would be. Do you, do you know?
0: Yeah, it's the end of August.
1: Okay, so they've got to be yeah. done by the end of August. Yeah. The next question we should probably address is how much should we care about it? You know, should we be poring over every page of annual yeah. reports, or, you know,
0: is it a big deal?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yes and no. Um, Obviously, if you're working in an investment fund or um, you're full-time dedicated to investing, then yeah, you're going to pay a lot of attention to these reports and go through the annual reports and the investor presentations and scrutinize the numbers and formulate your own opinions about what's going on. But for investors like you and me, Ren, I would think that it's important to understand where your company's at. And one of the things I really like about reporting season is that usually the um, companies will give you a sort of estimation of what's coming. You know, what What are their growth strategies, uh, what they sort of see their earnings as going into the next year. And I like to use that as a judgment of whether or not I'm going to buy more of the stock or hold the position I'm in. So, yeah, I do put some sort of weight on this period of time. Uh, I mean, do you think it's important?
1: Yeah, I I really do. And I think it is for a number of reasons. So the first one that we touched on before is you can see, you know, when when you buy a company or when you buy a stock, you should have an idea of why you're buying it. You know, you think it's going to sell a trillion units in China or you think, I don't know, it's got some crazy new drug that it's going to put on the market that will cure cancer. You know, you, you have a reason and this is a really good chance to take stock and see if they're progressing towards that goal. Um, no and- pun intended, take stock.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, keep <Yeah>. going, sorry.
1: <laughs> Legitimately no pun intended. Yeah, so you can see how they're going. And every check. company will release an annual report. And that's a good opportunity to read how senior people in the company perceive how they're going. So, mm. you know, they'll talk about the opportunities, the threat, how they've gone, how they're going. So, really good opportunity to get some perspective that you re- rarely get throughout the year, at least in that much detail. So, speaking
0: uh, of throughout the year, just before you go on, sorry, Ren, yeah. got me thinking. So, you know, if I have to wait, it seems a bit ridiculous that they release now and, and then I have to wait a whole another year to get another annual report or get another earnings yeah. is, is there anything that happens it does, m-
1: it does seem a bit ridiculous doesn't it,
0: is there any, it oh, does, huh. is there I wonder if anyone
1: else has ever thought that
0: mid-year or yeah, throughout the year but perhaps. I get an idea of companies tracking
1: yeah so what you're alluding to is companies also have to report on their half year results so from first of July through to is it the 31st of December or yeah, something like that yeah there would be there be a statutory cutoff period literally half the year yeah but essentially it's they 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 release their half year results in february generally and it's about the first half of the financial year and how they've gone and so that's another opportunity is not as much detail as the full year report but it's another good opportunity for investors and the company to take stock and to look at how they're going but what i was so what i was going to say about the end of year result it's important to care but it's also a time when some people care too much now, what do, what do I mean, mean by that? Yeah, what do you mean? Um, so, as we keep saying on this podcast, the uh, the biggest advantage you can have in the market is taking a really long term perspective and trying yep. to and not trying to make you know a quick buck, not trying to day trade because there are far more sophisticated investors out there doing that who have far more time, far more knowledge, far more people working for them, mm. and that we don't have an advantage. No. But but what you see around earnings time is that these people, they these you know day traders, they try and make a lot of money based on the earning so they'll try and predict how a stock is going to go and you know if a stock uh, profit beat expectations then you'll see it shoot up but similarly even if a stock is doing quite well and you know even if it's increased its profit if it hasn't increased its profit as much as the market might want it to have or might have expected it to you will see it decline and you might see it decline more than more than is sort of logical i guess mm. uh, so there is sometimes opportunities to get stock a little bit cheaper just because of the amount of short-term trading going on around time
0: so it's- it sounds like what you're saying is that the reporting season can actually be quite a volatile time and so because people are coming out to, to not necessarily invest but they're coming out to play with the sharp movements in price
1: you know there's there's a lot of chat about you know expected result this and speculation mm. that before mm. they report mm. i mean it's heaps worse in america if you if mm. you turn on an american uh stock market channel or business channel before one of the big companies you know like google or boeing or any of them report. Oh god, they just don't shut up about what they expect. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Cool your jets. They're going to report soon <laughs> enough, and then we'll actually yeah. know. It, it is ridiculous. Yeah, it's, yeah.
0: It is ridiculous, and it, it's something to keep in mind because it's so easy to get caught up in in this period. If you see a stock shooting up, you've got to hold yourself back and just you know remember that this is almost entirely based on um, market expectations and mm. and investor sentiment, and it's you know. A- yeah. Yeah, companies fundamentals haven't changed they've just literally put out a piece of paper that yeah. says their profit or loss so it's a
1: it's a it's a classic example of separating the signal from the noise yep. so there's a lot of noise around this time because people have their expectations built into the price and you see price swings more than normal but the, no, the noise is there the noise is how companies are actually doing how they're actually going in the market how their new products are actually going how much profit they're actually making but around that there's so much noise that that just you need to block out because you know in two years from now it's not all that noise isn't going to matter what's going to actually matter is the signal how the yeah how the company is actually going as a company so I guess that's that's all very general maybe let's get into some specific about uh, this reporting season and what we've seen yep.
0: I'll kick off one with an example of what we were just talking about how good results don't always equal a positive price movement and then perhaps we'll go into some positive results and something that sticks out and probably one of the biggest stories is a company called Transurban.
1: They're an infrastructure company. They now a lot of people might not have heard of them, but everyone who at least, everyone who lives on the east coast of Australia has dealt with them. They own basically all the major toll roads in Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney, uh, all up and down the eastern seaboard. So, you know, you've paid your tolls to them even if you haven't heard of them.
0: Yeah, well, we've definitely paid their tolls because the group the group generated revenues of 2.7 billion um, yeah during the 2016-2017 financial year, which was 22.7% higher than FY16. Profits rose to $209 million. Now, that's operating profit. Compared to last year, that's an increase of 850%. Last year, they made a $22 million profit. This year, $209 million. Now, rent to me, that sounds like a company that has yeah. absolutely smashed it out of the park.
1: Yeah, roads are a good business to be in. <laughs> Roads
0: are a good business to be in. Hmm. However, as a result, you would expect the stock price to go up. However, investors weren't too happy for some reason that um, with the results and the price fell, which you would find, which you would think is uh, surprising. But it's an example of if the expectations of the investors don't meet the results that are put out by the company, then um, they're going to reward you with selling your stock. So, I think one of the reasons so- they weren't so keen on them was because they were doing a capital raising to try and get some money to fund more infrastructure development.
1: Yeah, so this was just some noise in the report, in their annual report and in some of their statements to the market that they're probably going to need to raise a bunch of capital to build the next lot of toll roads that they're currently bidding on, uh, Mm. including the West Connects in Melbourne, which is going to be a huge one, which will generate heaps of revenue for them. They're going to have to come hat in hand to shareholders to ask for some money to do it. Mm.
0: Yeah, Yeah, well, the shares fell 31 cent on the day that the results were released. So certainly not the result that... I'm sure shareholders, well, they Yeah, um, I mean,
1: you've got to be pretty stoked that they made $209 million. <laughs> like, calm no. down, guys. I know.
0: 150% increase. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, um, just,
1: just people aren't, people are never satisfied. No.
0: And another example, seek.com, the website that deals with uh, finding <laughs> the right people for the right job. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, <it's> a, <laughs> a jobs classified website. Uh, they reported that they, for the first time, cracked the $1 billion dollar, revenue
1: yeah which is crazy to think about like
0: I know it's a it's a ridiculous figure for
1: for a website
0: I know online company and that's with figures of 9.1 percent growth um, from 960 million to 1.05 billion net profit of 362 million and so you know things are looking good for seek they've got a great market position and
1: yeah I mean well you wouldn't go anywhere else to look for a job in Australia really it would at least be the first place that you went to
0: classic example Example though the figure actually exceeded the guidance that was given by the company but it didn't impress the investors enough and the company today went down five percent which yeah. is a pretty big drop but they say that that's because investors weren't happy with what the company was saying they were going to be doing going forward into the future with their estimates they were saying the costs were going to be rising faster than their revenue but look if you were to say that you've growing at 10% you've cracked the billion dollar mark you've made 360 million dollars in net profit and yeah, then I mean, say it's not going to be as rosy next year, but we're still going to be as good. And they got <laughs> slammed five percent. So yeah. you can never read it.
1: So I guess it's probably important to explain that a lot of these companies, all share prices are priced for future earnings as well. So that that's why you know you pay, you might pay like fifteen times current earnings per share in the share price, and that and that's because you know you buy these companies with the expectation that they'll keep growing, or that yeah, well, that they'll keep growing essentially that that's why you know even if they're, they're making 360 million dollars a year you know if that if that's gonna stop growing then it's all about the price that you pay uh yes. for, for the profit and yeah i don't actually know what they're trading in terms of how many times i think
0: seek's quite high to be honest yeah but like that's all yeah that's all but, relative
1: but look to be honest so many of these internet companies like realestate.com carsales.com yeah. seek.com yeah. everyone's yeah. always said they're bloody expensive and they um, always keep yeah, crushing uh, it like i know i know they're just these uh, I mean they're not internet monopolies because they all have competitors car, car sales not as much but you know they've all got competitors it's just that <laughs> their competitors can't really do much against them no, they're just no. they're, they're so just keep, dominant
0: keep through, uh, yeah look I don't know it's just yeah, one of those things I'm sure that the forward looking estimate aren't going to be saying oh we're going to be dropping from 10% growth to 2% growth they probably said we're going to we've been growing at 9.1% this year next year we're going to foresee 8.95 yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> we're just still Great, like you know, yeah. once you once you're a market leader and you dominate the market, it's yeah. tough to you have to you have to expect the whole market to grow rather than for your market share yeah. to grow. Yeah. And classic I mean, hopefully the for Seek, yeah. heaps of people get fired and companies need to <laughs> hire a whole bunch of new people, and there's people looking for workers. Yeah, that's what well, they need. Cool. Um, so
0: that's two examples that I had of the classic: do well, get slammed. Do you have, do you have anything?
1: So yeah, I guess the opposite of do well. What was your term? Do, um, well go shit. do
0: well, get slammed.
1: Do well, get slammed. Is do shit. <laughs> get do get ri- rid. look. To be honest, I'm just gonna stop trying. But yeah, look. So the opposite also applies. One company that saw its share price go up was Virgin Australia, and that was just dis- that was despite it r- reporting 185 million dollar loss this year. Okay. Yeah, like what riddle me that one. You well, know,
0: my my initial thought would be Virgin have almost consistently reported a loss. Yeah, you're on the right track, yeah. So my thinking is that the reason their share price has gone up as a result of reporting a $180 million loss is because that loss is actually less than what it has been or less than what the expectations were.
1: Yeah, well, look, you're right on both counts. So their loss last year was $224 million. So they've improved by $39 million, say. That's better than what the market expected. So their share price went up, even though they lost $185 million. (laughs) (laughs) and it just once again shows that airlines are a hot business there's one company that breaks records every time they report and they consistently do it every year and that's commonwealth bank and they broke records again this year they had 9.9 billion dollars in profit but yeah look to be honest the the ability to say commonwealth bank is record breaking is just it is meaningless these days because they're, they're every year they're the they have the highest profit and no you know no Australian companies hit that profit level previously and every year they creep up a little bit and it breaks the record again and it breaks the record again Yeah. Boy. so all this hype you hear about Commonwealth Bank like yeah they broke they broke the previous record which they held last year you know they're, they're really just ticking along as a
0: the share market reaction to them breaking profit um, year on year has substantially slowed down compared to what I remember it being when I you know five or six years ago I remember they released a, a full year profit of 7 7.2 billion or something and that was just crazy and the share market went nuts it mm. went up and up and up but proportionately the increases that we're seeing on commonwealth well i don't even know if it did go up on on the day but the, as you said like what what else can you expect now
1: yeah i mean look they've also had all of this trouble with the uh deposit machines <laughs> in their atms and yeah, know, all the laundering. issues there yeah and then uh their ceo has now sort of been uh stepped aside yeah. shall we say um yeah
0: respectfully told for- <laughs> the
1: sign. <laughs> <laughs> nah, um. but look to be honest he's going to get a nice little golden handshake he'll oh big time he, he'll be um, somewhere I mean say say what you want about the bloke but you know if his responsibility is to his shareholders he has well and truly delivered oh, for his shareholders yeah, yeah. and he he's, he's seen the bank through some pretty big scandals and tough times and you know mistakes you know like Commonwealth Insurance and stuff not, not the strongest of divisions to say the least but you know he just kept
0: on delivering so well he might need to jump on seek.com
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, a lot of companies will be
0: asking for his services. Any other interesting ones that have reported so far?
1: Yeah, so Domino's reported today and got... Oh, not today,
0: yesterday. Another market darling.
1: Yeah, yeah. But look, Domino's is probably a classic example of investors were paying so much for future earnings that any sign that those future earnings won't pull through. Yeah,
0: one slip up, you're out.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So look, Domino's fell, but if you've been a Domino's shareholder for the last five years you are still well up (laughs)
0: dominoes fell 18.8 percent in one day so that's a huge loss they came down almost ten dollars so and then i think today they went up seven percent so made a bit of a back but so that that's
1: probably a classic example of what we were saying before where you know because there's so much short-term trading going on there's big overreactions to news and then there will be a a correction in the coming days. so you know big overreaction it falls 18 percent the market realizes that it's a bit it's too cheap it reacts acted too harshly and it will correct up 7%. Now there's just one last thing that I want to talk about when it comes to earning seasons and annual reports and stuff like that yeah. uh, and that is a couple of buzzwords that you've got to watch out for Okay, because companies love to talk about how well they're going and yeah. if they can massage the numbers and make it seem like they're doing better then they will do exactly <laughs> Because that. they're
0: scared of investors slamming them.
1: Yeah, I mean yeah. investors are pretty scary as a, as a group. They're um, pretty ravenous and they will slam you if any bad news comes your way
0: or if any good news so what are some key words to look out for profit there's
1: there's one or there's two that i want to talk about in particular and it's it's all about the profit that you report because that's the that's the big number and companies you know profit you think it's pretty easy money you brought in minus your costs equals your profit but you'd be wrong because companies have found ways to take that and then change it a little bit so buzzwords to look out for adjusted net profit or underlying profit and essentially Mm. what that means is that they've taken a bunch of costs out of the, the cost part of that uh, money in minus cost equals profit equation. Yeah. So for example, carsales.com, they reported that their adjusted net profit was up 8%. But what they actually mean by that is that their profit was actually only marginally up from the year before. But when they take a whole bunch of what they're calling one-off costs out of the equation, then it's up 8%. It's the same with underlying profit Companies yeah. will say, oh, this cost over here or that cost over there, that was only a one-off. That oh, doesn't affect our underlying profitability. That was yeah. just a one-off for this year. Yeah, And yeah. look, you know, you're, they're right sometimes. Um, sometimes. But at the end of the day, it was a cost that year and it did affect your profitability. And as a shareholder, that does affect the amount of money that, you know, can be reinvested in the company or distributed in dividends. Yeah, And, you know, they're...
0: They can't... They're trying to fool... Well, not fool, but trying to persuade the investors that... Um, yeah. Um, things are rosy. They're, they're still going all yeah. right.
1: And, and yeah. look, to be honest, uh, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, it, it is an important metric to sort of take away the one-off costs and actually show how the underlying business is going. But mm-hmm. as as investors and as new investors, it's important to recognise the buzzwords and yeah. recognise what they mean. See the distinction. Yeah, and if you see that underlying net profit is up eight percent, just have a quick look and see what the statutory profit is, which yeah. is because that statutory profit is because there are certain rules about the statutory number that has to be reported um the statutory means by law so yeah just just have a gaze have a bit of a look understand some of those buzzwords because at the end of the day the company's not out to trick you but it's out to give you paint the best picture of the year that's been
0: it's their resume for the year
1: yeah exactly you yeah. know bonuses are at stake careers yeah. are at stake share prices are at stake
0: nice one right yeah. yeah so that's a pretty nice wrap of some companies that have done well haven't done well been slammed haven't been slammed just quickly to note if you want to get some information on this all of the companies that report as Ren has said at the start release an annual report and they also release investor presentations that are most likely given by their CEOs or the boards at some point to some major investors and they're all uploaded onto the ASX for the, all the public to see so if you're interested in any companies they will also be put on your brokerage platforms so if you're interested to see how your companies are forming or if you've got any companies that you are keeping an eye on and you'd like some more information then um, yeah head to the ASX Dot com and check out their annual report or their investor presentations they usually do a nice sort of executive summary or a, a little bit of a slideshow with all the important keys and stats for you
1: if you want to check out the reports that are coming and follow when they're coming out you can just google company reporting dates there, there'll be lists on a bunch of different websites but some of the big ones that might interest people blackmores on the 23rd same as westfield and flight center both on the 23rd as well coca-cola Amatil, the australian arm of coca-cola on the the 25th you know there's heaps of companies mm. you scroll down a mm. list and it'll be household name after household name so some really interesting uh companies to report and you know it's a good way to see what companies are listed and what you can invest in
0: yeah some big dogs still to come so i just want to give a bit of a takeaway action that and it's we've, we've spoken in a few episodes about you know where can i find ideas about investing where can i find information and stuff and this is a great period of time as is the half yearly reports to sort of make a winners and losers list of, of stocks especially the ASX 200 because they're the ones that you will often see in the media the most you might have to go searching for the lesser known ones because as you said Ren, all publicly listed companies do have to release results but the bigger ones are also definitely are always definitely in the media and there's a lot of winners and losers list made and it gives you a good snapshot or idea of where companies are up to and you can start to develop your own lists and just sort of create a, a watch list going forward that you can keep track of and and see how the markets react to these companies when they release results have a look at their earnings and and start as as you said as well when creating a thesis so that you can sanity check the thesis as you go along when they release reports so this is a really good way to have their stocks are in the media a lot they're in your face you know if they're going well if they're making money if they'll tell you what they're going to be doing in the years to come they'll give you an update on the industry so all the information in in a very short period of time becomes available without you really having to search for much and, and as we just said, they're really trying to sell themselves as well. So they'll want to give you as much information as possible. So just Find, a bit of a
1: finding stocks and taking
0: stock, you could say. Yeah, yeah exactly, Ren. Nice one.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so that's a wrap, I think, Ren. Is there anything else you want to mention or discuss around the reporting season?
1: Nah, look, I think we said it all. And if people want to know more, Google's their friend. There's heaps of information out there. So just, yeah, get stuck in.
0: Yeah, nice one. So as always, great to be with you. Like us on Facebook rate us on our iTunes, give us a comment, it would really help. We've got some really exciting stuff coming up, some guests in the pipeline that we're keen to get to you. We haven't had an interview for a while. Thanks for sticking around and we'll talk to you next week.
1: Sounds good. Equity out. (laughs) Equity mates and the people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. This is general advice only. Please speak to a financial professional to understand how they pertain to your individual situation.
0: Equity mates. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is easy.